Okay, so what did we learn yesterday? First of all, yesterday was number 53. Today's number 54. And we're going to do a review of yesterday's dafka to today's. What did we learn yesterday? So we started the brand new parak at the bottom of the page on dafdun base on the base. And uh, we saw uh, the question of how do we may deal with the ibor of cities. Basically what that means is, is that in establishing the tchum, you need to make a border around the city, find out where the edge is. Problem is, is that there are houses that go in, houses that go out. There's uh, uh, protrusions. And therefore, what is the system? Okay, sometimes even ruins that are not even occupied, not even, uh, uh, there's nobody living there, but somebody used to live there. But it's, uh, the walls are still partially up uh, to the height of Tent Fahim. So that's considered um, an existing. Uh, uh, it's it's you, that's considered part of the city, and then the city limits only goes beyond that. Um, there is also even a cemetery that have these houses over the cemetery also qualify to extend the area of the of the city, and you have to measure from afterwards. So you get your measurement out, and you make a box around the city. So every city must be boxed in. And of course, you go to the outermost portion, so the longest protrusion um, um, goes out. Now, I do want to point out a very important thing that we do not do. We don't make sure that it's a square, okay? We make sure to box, even though you use the word mirubas, mirubas doesn't mean, you know, uh, even size, sides. Well, it could be rectangular, right? It could be rectangular, right? I think that's very right. Mirubas means, means uh, four corners, four right angles. That's what it means. Um, uh, and, that's the, and that's important to understand that because uh, if it's rectangle, because it, uh, it doesn't extend the other way. Okay. Um, and uh, the advantage of that is, is that if the city is rounded, you gain on the corners. Now, there's a machlokes is terms of the proper word. Is the ma'abrin with an ayin or ma'abrin with an aleph? I don't know if you could hear the difference. It's a bit subtle in the Ashkenazi dialect. You almost can't, you actually cannot hear the difference. But anyway, the svarim, the ma'abrin is a little bit more guttural. Ma'abrin with an aleph. But even in the times of the Gemara, clearly the majority of the people weren't, you couldn't hear the difference. Only special people like Bnei Yehuda had that uh, had they you know still were able to pronunciate uh, the words properly, as we saw in yesterday's daf. Anyway, so it's machlokas. One opinion says me'abrin with an ayin, the other one says me'abrin with an aleph, and um, either it's coming from the word aver like a limb because that's like a protrusion, or it's coming from the word ibor like a pregnant woman with the stomach comes out. Similar. Uh, Lee, we have a few machloksim between Rav and Shmuel, like by the Ma'aras HaMachpela. One opinion is, between Rav and Shmuel, is that it's two houses, one farther in from the other, meaning an inner house and an outer house. And the other opinion is, is that it's a bias Fadli Al Gabav, it's two stories. So which is uh, also very interesting, you know, uh, they're buried underneath each other. And uh, that's the story with that. That's, uh, uh, so the question is, if it's one, within, one farther in, like an inner chamber, an outer chamber, what's the word machpela? Machpela sounds like it's, it's, it's an aliyah. It's like, uh, it's two stories. So the Gemara says it's called that because it's kula bezugos, 
because there's a bunch of couples there, and we said that it's called Kiryas Arba because of the four couples buried there, according to tradition, which is Adam and Chava, Avram and Sarah, Yitzchak, Rivka, and Yaakov and Leah. Okay. Um, next we saw is the time, it was in the times of Amraphel. So we explained that Amraphel is Nimrod. The question is, which is his real name? So one opinion between Rav and Shmuel is that uh, the real name is Amraphel. And uh, he's called Nimrod because he was morayed the world against, rebels the world against God. And the other opinion is that his real name is uh, Nimrod, and he was called Amraphel because he said to throw Avram into the into the fiery furnace. Amar Lipil. Okay, brings us to the next thing. Similar. Um, was this a genuine new king, or was this actually um, was this actually the same king who changed his mind? Um, so one opinion is, is that it was a it was a real new king because it says Chadash, and the other opinion is no, it wasn't a new king. It was the same king who changed his zeros, and uh, the reason for that, even though it says Ve'akom al Chadash, is because um, he um, because it never said anything that happened to the old king. Any time a king takes over, you got to sort of mention, oh, the old king died, and a new one took over. That's not the case over here. It just says Ve'akom al Chadash al and that's a story. Now, I, how could it be Asher lo yadas Yosef, that he didn't know Yosef? He did know Yosef, obviously. The answer is, he made like he didn't know Yosef. He acted as if he didn't know Yosef. He didn't show appreciation to Yosef's input. Okay. 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 Um, and that's the story. It brings us to the next thing. Um, Rabbi Yochanan says that I was I prayed eight I, I studied eighteen days by Rav Oshia Biribi the great Rabbi Oshia and sounds like he doesn't appreciate what he did by stalking by the way he's expressing himself it's by embarrassed it doesn't sound like he appreciated being with Rabbi Oshia. I mean, now that you're going to read that. Yeah, I understand. Let's let's hear what he had to say. So he said, I I only learned one thing in our Mishnah. Right, whether that the right way to say ma'abrin is not with the ayin, it's with an aleph instead. That's what I learned. So the Gemara says a contradiction. It cannot be that that's all he got from him because... uh, because it says that he, there were 12 great Talmidim of Rabbi Oshir Biribi, and I spent 18 days there, and I, uh, and I, and I learned the heart of each of his, stu- his primary students, and the extra uh, wisdom in each of them. So he was able to learn all about them, and he wasn't able to learn any Gemara? How can that be? So the Gemara says two possibilities. One possibility is that he got, uh, that he learned um, that, that, that his primary learning was from the Talmidim, not from Rabboshi Biribi himself. He only got this one thing from Rabboshi Biribi. The other idea is, is that no, he, he learned many things from Rabboshi Biribi, much, much. The only thing is, is that in our Mishnah, he only had one thing that he learned, which was the Ayin and Aleph. Now, they did say that Rabboshi Biribi was, was, was uh, uh, when we would study there, there were so many students that they would be so packed together, four students in one, in, in, sitting in one amma. 
um, uh, you know, so that's how packed they were. And in the time, Rabbi said that in the, when they would study by Rabbi Lozer ben Shemua, they would sit six in an amok. Can you imagine how crowded that was? So, um, now, um, and then Rabbi Yochanan also said that Rabbi Oshib Ribi in his generation was like um, Rabbi Meir in his generation. Which means that they weren't able to appreciate what he said. Just like Rabbi Meir, the, fr- the Chaverim of Rabbi Meir were not capable of fathoming Reb Meir's genius, so too in the time of Reb Oshia, they couldn't appreciate him, because he was too way above them. So that could be um, uh, uh, Mati, I think that might be the answer to your question, is that... It's, you know, it's, it's, it's not an answer, but they say it's the language sound... This, uh, no, no, listen, on, listen to what I'm saying. The, 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 answer, the answer might be is that the distance between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Oshibrib was so great that that was the only thing that he was able to clearly understand. In other words, like you listen to a shir of someone so above you, so above him, that, uh, you know, what I got out of the shir is that it's an aleph, not an ayin. You know, like all the lambdas and everything, I, uh, it was way, way over my head. But this, I, this was clear to me. Anyway, so that's the story. Brings us to the next thing. Um, so, um, the, so the Gemara says that Rabbi Yochanan says that in the earlier generation, their hearts were so wide open, they were able to understand, they were able to retain their information like opening of a huge hall and um, like big, big doors, like the doors of the Ulam. As we know, the Ulam was, what was it, 40 amas high, something very massive, massive, uh, massive doors, massive opening. Uh, later generation was only like a heichal, not quite as big, but big, but not quite as big. And then the uh, the the nowadays we're like a needle, you know, like tiny, tiny, tiny little to get any information inside of our brains. We're full of all kinds of uh, narish chitin that our brains are filled with. Okay, right? That was like my, uh, I think my Rebbe used to say, illustration, right? <laughs> what? Nothing, nothing. I'm hearing you. Okay, so that was the that was the thing. My my, uh, I, there was a rabbi who say I used to have friends. Every one of us had friends who can rattle off stats of uh, of baseball players. Oh, he gets uh, this amount of pitches and this and that and like whatever. Like he said, such good brain power. He put it to like something useful. All right. Anyway, so that's the uh, that's the story. That's the idea that we our brains are filled with. It's not that we don't have the head. What are we, dumber? That's not it. It's that our, it's that our, we don't have the same desires, and we fill our minds with other things, and that's why that's what happens. Okay. Tell me something. That's. <laughs> tell us that we need to learn it. Okay. Anyway, so that's the story. Um, then uh, the, 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 so the first generation we said that was Rabbi Kiva's generation the later is Rabbi Lazar ben Shemua version B is the first generation was Rabbi Lazar ben Shemua and the later generation is Rabbi Bribi. and we're like a Nekev Machat Sitkis tiny little hole um, Abaye says that as far as Gemara goes we're like trying to stick a peg into a tiny hole it's with only it's a lot of effort and it does barely can get in and uh, <coughs> Rava says, and as far as Svara goes, we're like putting a finger in hard wax. You barely can make an impression. And Abayi says that we're like um, a sixth of the Gemara, 
um, that uh, you know. Uh, I'm sorry. The next one was uh, we're like a finger in a in a in a well in a big hole as far as forgetting. That we're very good at forgetting. We're professional. Okay. See, at least we're talented in one area. Okay, it's good to know. Next, we saw reviewed this in the name of Rav that the people in Yehuda have major advantages because they're very particular how they talk. So therefore the Torah stayed with them. So the Gemara says, what does that have to do with hakpada, with being particular? So the Gemara says, not particular, but not that they were makbid, but they were medayik. They're very exacting in their language. The more exacting you are in the language, and they put simonim, that's what keeps the Torah. The people in the Galil, they weren't careful how they worded things, and it didn't stay. Okay? Um, they learned in Bnei Yehuda from one Rebbe, and you stayed by that Rebbe. So therefore, you were able to get the Torah clear. And that kept it by them. By the Galil, they studied from multiple Rabbanim, and therefore, they lost. They didn't, weren't able to retain. That's the people who jump from yeshiva to yeshiva to yeshiva. And, uh, and then they get a little get all confused because there's so many different styles of teaching, and they're not, it's not sticking. Next we saw, Ravina says that the, that the advantage of B'nai Yehuda is that they were Golum Zechta, which Rashi says means that they taught Torah. If you teach, when you teach something, then it becomes clear to you also. That's when you clarify. And that's why it stayed with them. And B'nai Gol didn't, that's the difference. That's one, expre- one pshat in Golum Zechta. The other pshat is, is that, uh, that they're, uh, they're, they, expl- they made sure that they understood it, which is one and the same. If you can't explain it to somebody else, so then that means it's not clear by you. So even, either it means that they actually taught it and that's how they clarified it, or they made sure to clarify it enough that they could be able to teach it to somebody to make sure that it's you should know it clear. That's all of what it's all about. teacher learns more by... His students, of course. No, by giving. By giving it, yes. That's what makes it, it, it concretizes things. David, that's also a comparison of David and, Sha- and Shaul. David was Goli Mesechta, and, it's, and therefore he, he was able to achieve a knowledge of Torah that, that was accurate, and Shaul, who didn't do so, so it, 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 he wasn't able to bring the halacha, bring it to a halacha lemaisa to get the halacha to follow his opinion. Next, we saw as Rabbi Yochanan said that uh, it happens to be that Shaul was forgiven for his sin of killing out the Novi Yerachonim, um, and that's because the Pasuk says that Shmuel told, told Shaul that tomorrow you'll be dead and you're going to be with me. Now why would he say with me? Because that means sitting with the tzaddikim. Next we saw Rabbi Abba said is that if anybody can ask the Bnei Yehuda who are so exact in how they word things, they work things perfectly, so maybe they will tell me what ma'abrin means. Is it ma'abrin with an aleph or with an ayin? So they said, you know what, there's two opinions. And that's what the answer was. The answer is, is that both are, they're, they're both. And the same is true with Akuzo, with an Aleph or with an Ayin. And he said also, there's two versions in that as well. Um, what is an example of their Midayik Belishna? So the Gemara says, a person from Yudah, they said, um, I would like to sell a talus. So they said, what color is your talus that you want to sell? So he said, it's the color like beets when it's growing on the ground. So the, gra- the green, uh, which is, they're not describing the it. of the talus? Of the talus. It was a specific talus, and it was a green talus, but not just any green. Anyway. They were medaktek into the exact green. 
the more of a spe- specified language that a person uses, the more the, the precise your language is, the, 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 the more accurate your thought process is. It follows. If better, a better command of a language actually helps you in your understanding because you're learning it on a more precise way. That's basically what we're seeing from this, this idea. Okay. What's the example of the Bnei Galil? That aren't Medayik in their Lashon. So that's the story of a Bnei Galila. He was going and he said, Amar um, uh, And nobody knew what he was talking about because they swallow half their words. And, they, and, and he just said the last, the, you only heard the word Mar Laman, and we don't even know which Mar. Is it Chamar, which is a donkey? You want to ride on a donkey? Or is it Chamar, meaning you want a drink of wine? Or is it Amar with uh, wool? You want to buy some wool? Or, nobody knew what he's talking about. It's like you barely can communicate with him. That was part of the problem. Um, there was a lady who wanted to invite her friend over to, to, have, some, uh, to have some milk. And uh, she mushed it all into one word, and you, next thing it sounded like is like, "Do you want? Would you like a lion to eat you?" <laughs> okay, because you you swallow the words into each other; it makes no sense at all. Okay, um, there was another lady who uh, came before the judge, and she was trying to say that I had a, a tablet that was taken from me, and um, and it was like this, and it, what it sounded like she was saying is that. Uh, that it was a beam that was stolen from her. And uh, the, how tall was the beam? Oh, is that basically if you hang yourself on it, it'll, your feet will be dangling. Okay? Which is not the way to... Like, you won't win over some uh, points with the, uh, with the judges when you tell them. It's like, if you were hung on this, you, it would be like... <laughs> so in America, people will speak weird have southern accents, and Israel, they had northern accents. The northern accent, right. That was the, right. Well, southern accent isn't inaccurate, it's not clear, but I'm saying it's like the... Uh, it's just like a certain language, but uh, I'm talking like I think like in England, like there's like Cockney, where like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very hard to understand. I had a friend who had that accent in England, and I, I literally couldn't. I I kept saying what I could I couldn't make out what he was trying to say. So like that's when it's like they swallow half their words, and it's, it's all joined together. I couldn't make sense out of it. I actually like the southern accent because they talk slower. It's easy to understand. Not like the, you know, New York, you know, chick chuck. You, you couldn't get to a job because there were Right, exactly. All right, let's bring it to the next thing. So then we talked about, uh, the next topic was, um, um, we talked about um, the, uh, the maidservant of Rebbe. And she used what was called the Lashon Chachma, which is a, an idea that you use a clever way to convey, to convey, uh, uh, convey ideas and be a little bit subtle about it without saying it directly. So when she would want the people to leave, she wouldn't say, okay, guys, get out. She didn't say it that way. She would say, the, uh, the, the jug that fills, up, uh, that fills up from the wine barrel is banging against the wall. You know, it's making noise, which basically means that we're finished the wine barrel, which basically means, okay, guys, it's time to go home the party's over, okay? But he's saying it in a subtle and in, and in a clever way. And that's the same idea that we saw a few examples of that. Oh, she's, if she wanted them to stay, she would say that the cover of the barrel is floating like a, like a ship, which basically means that they're going to open a new barrel of wine and the party's still going on strong. 
Similar, we find other examples of this. Rabbi Yossi Bar Asyan was, um, he wanted to uh, have beets, be- beets with mustard. So how do you say I want beets with mustard? He said, give me some um, shor mishpat. So shor mishpat is like tardin. Tard- shor and tor is the Aramaic for a shor. So, uh, so and mishpat is like din. So tardin is tardin. Tardin is beet. And, uh, and I'd like it with some tormiskin, with a mountain that's poor mountain. How does he poor mountain? Because char dal, char is like a har, is mountain, and dal is poor. So I'm having some beets and mustard, please. Okay, so there you go. All right, uh, but instead of saying it that way, he's saying it in a clever way. You got to think to know what he's talking about. Okay, it's just, uh, I don't know how to say it. It's just, it's not a game really. It's like, it's, it's lashon chachma. Okay. Next thing, if you wanted to, what? It's like riddles, right? But it gets you, keeps you on your toes, keeps you sharp. Exactly, that's what it is. Um, when you would want to ask about a guest, also he would use some similar type of expression. Um, which is a very funny way to say it, but, uh, but basically it's a hinting way, and it's like, like it is like riddles, and that's the thing. It was a, supposedly there's a yeshiva that uh, in order to get into the yeshiva, they would ask you a riddle. Nothing to do with Torah. They would ask you a riddle and see how you try to figure out how to answer the riddle. And that would be enough to get in. Sort of like the LSATs, okay? Which is basically riddles, okay? Am I right? Kind of. Yeah. Riddles and uh, some math problems and logic problems. Logic problems. But I'm saying, what are logic problems? Like riddles, questions, you know, like trick, like trying to trick you, see how... See how, how clearly you can think. Okay. So that's the story. Brings us to the next thing. Um, we said Rabbi Vohu also used the Lashon Chachma. There's again a few examples of this. Um, and it was a question of what he was asking for. He wanted to eat some food, but he said it in a very esoteric and a little, you know, uh, it's Lashon Chachma. Um, they asked Rabbi Vohu, where is, um, where is uh, Rabbi Loi? Hiding, okay, whatever. So, um, so he so he used the also interesting expression. He went up with a nara aharonis aharonis iranis veniraso, okay, which is a clever way of saying basically one of two things: either he uh, his 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 young his older wife passed away, he remarried a younger wife who kept him up at night, and now you know whatever, and now he's t- resting. Or it was the Aronis is referring to the Mesechta of uh, Mesechtos related to Kachim, which is related to the Torah's Kohanim. And it, w- it was so exciting to his studies that he was up late at night learning it. And that's why he's resting now. Um, next one is they asked Rebeloi, where's Rebevo? So uh, he says he went to get his smicha and he went down to the south to uh, learn to learn from the Ziknei Dorom. He called them Mifiboshes because he was known as a big Talmud Chacham in the south. Okay. Um, next was Rabbi Shubh Hananya. He says, I, I never lost, a, 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 you know, nobody bested me until these three people. There was the women, a woman, a young boy, and a young girl. And uh, this, there were three stories where uh, Rabbi Shubh Hananya was bested. The first one was that he was a guest by a host. 
and this is the woman, and uh, she served the beans, and he finished off the whole bean, everything. And then the second day, he finished off everything. And the third day, she made it so salty that he tasted it, and he said, oh, I'm, I'm not hungry. She says, well, if you're not hungry, why do you eat bread? So she called him out on it, and she said, maybe you uh, should have been aware what the Chacham say, that, you know, you, that, that you're not supposed to leave anything over in the pot. You put it all in the platter that you serve. And therefore, what's left in the platter is what the family is going to eat. It's like an FHB type of thing. So you should have been more aware, and you don't finish off the whole platter, because then the family doesn't get anything to eat. And basically, she had to call him out on that. So he realized his mistake. The, same, the story of the, uh, of the girl was next, and that was uh, that, that he, he was, saw a field, and there was a path through the field. And uh, he started walking on the path, and, and uh, the girl, little girl told him, it's like, but this is a field, why are you walking through somebody's field? So he said, what do you mean, you don't see a path here? So she said, yeah, other thieves also made the path, but like you, okay, whatever. So he realized that, you know, just because uh, people did the wrong things doesn't mean you have to uh, strengthen it. So that's the, that's the idea. And the third situation was uh, there was a little boy and he was at the crossroads and he said, which is the way to get to the city? So he said, the path on this side is short but long, but the path on that side is long but short. And he went on the short but long one and he went all the way down. It was a direct route, but uh, on the other end, it was like blocked and he couldn't get into the city. So he went all the way back and he said, I thought you told me this is a short path. I said, it's short but long, don't you listen? So he says, ah, and he kissed him on his head and he said, I see that, um, the, 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 that they're all chachamim, um, even the young ones. And that is where we left off. And we're going to take it all. We have Agada of.